Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bulls Nation, welcome into the CHGO Bulls Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download their app. Be sure to use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Monday, start of a fresh week. I'm Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. My guys, Big Day, Bow, BWL Sports, and bow. Will. Oh, go- Will pulling him out. What's up, son? Yeah. Bow. In your face. In your face. Will underscore golly of our uh, producer Steven rocking the control behind the scenes. Uh, apologies for a slight delay. If you are in and around the Chicago area, you understand that traffic has been horrible recently. Uh, but we are here and we are rolling along. First and foremost, gentlemen, how's everybody's weekend? Feeling good? We talking about Will rocking a ball hoodie. I feel amazing. What's going on? I got my ball hoodie. I'm feeling amazing. I'm Sweet, feeling amazing. But I will say this. I'm a little, I'm feeling a little FOMO. I'm watching all these really good playoff games mm. and the Bulls aren't doing it. They're not in it. It's a little, I'm feeling FOMO. No, no, this, this, this was the plan. <laughs> it was not to be in the playoffs and to get the draft. That's well, what we the plan was to be in the playoffs. <laughs> the plan did not go according to plan. <laughs> The plan did not go according to plan. Yes. You think the Bulls would be up 2 1 on the Bucks right now, Will? <laughs> I'm not confident. <laughs> it's why you go. You never yeah. know. <laughs> um, you never know. A lot of crazy stuff happened in the NBA playoffs over the weekend. We're going to start there. And then on the back end of the show, we're going to talk about just how severe of a rebuild the Bulls need here uh, as they stare down a very daunting offseason to do list. Gentlemen, some stuff that kind of went chalk. 76ers sweep the Nets, uh, Wolves stave off elimination, and a sweep from the Nuggets, who still are up 3-1 in that series. Celtics take a commanding 3-1 lead over the Hawks. But we got interesting things happening with Bucks Heat. Uh, we got Knicks-Cavs is maybe surprising some people. Knicks fans are freaking out. We got a Dylan Brooks ejection. Where do you guys want to start with what happened this weekend? Dave? Uh, probably the Knicks-Heat. I mean, not Knicks Heat, Knicks um, Cavs. Uh, yeah, like you said, New York is freaking out right now. Like, my friends in New York are hitting me up. Even ones who don't do sports, they, they've been hitting me up. And, like, dude, do you see what's happening with the Knicks? This is incredible. And I'm like, yeah, I know you haven't watched sports in, like, 15 years. And <laughs> stuff, I get it. You know, but all of New York is losing their mind. You know, that's cool to see. 
even though I'm not a Knicks fan by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, it's cool to see, you know, some happiness happen for a team that's been, you know, wallowing in sadness for quite a very long time with an opportunity to go to the second round. So, yeah, they, they're playing like you guys watch Tibbs. You know what I'm saying? You, you know what this looks like. You know, they look like Tibbs. Like when I sit there and watch them play, uh, I love that fact that he bends Julius Randle uh, when he wasn't because he wasn't out there to play. He was like, well, you come sit next to me. And I like that. That that sends a, a message that even though you're my best player, I got I have no time for any of your foolishness and you better get it together. I, I really like that. Tibbs has been amazing uh, with Brunson. You know, he's great with point guards. That's how he always is. And Brunson is um, just another one um, that he has helped, you know, reach a level that I don't know most people would have thought that he was going to get to. So they're playing great defense. They play tough. They play hard. And they make timely they're, – they're timely w- with their possessions. You know what I mean? They're timely with – how they go about certain things when it's time to hit that three, when it's time to get that rebound, when it's time to get that block, that Hartenstein block was huge um, that they had. Um, Yeah. They're playing great and shout out to them, you know, beating the Cavs team. Everybody thought was going to run them out the gym. Yeah. The reason I think Matt, you and I picked the Cavs to win that series because I thought they had two of the top three or four, you know, probably two, two of the best players in the series, maybe, uh, three or four of the top six and that has just not been the case i mean the way that the knicks are playing right now brunson has been the best player on the court every game basically um they're getting contributions up and down the lineup it's one of those situations where you know typically the rotations shrink in the playoffs and you you know you're the like adage is you know you have eight guys but you trust seven and tibbs is like to your point dave like he's just said sorry julius randall you're you're my all-star but you're not playing right now because we got better options. And I think that kind of flexibility is something that we didn't necessarily see too much of from Tibbs uh, when he was coaching the Bulls. So it's it's cool to see his evolution. And they're just completely outplaying the Cavs. I think a lot of the, the question marks that people had about the Cavs coming into the season, where's their fifth starter going to come from? How do they space the floor? Uh, what happens if you know, you have two smaller guards running the show. What happens if you can send bigger defenders at those guys and kind of uh, nip them in the bud? So uh, questions about the Cavs, but um, I, I don't know. I think the Knicks are outplaying. I think they'll probably win the series, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Cavs get one more here. Sure. Yeah, I, I would say I'm not convinced that the series is dead and over because of this 3-1 Knicks lead. It is surprising uh, from my vantage point to see them up 3-1, to but that's the interesting thing because a lot of people grilled the Knicks for, I guess, in what some people saw, saw as a screw up by not getting Donovan Mitchell and then the Cavs stealing him sort of in the midnight hour when everybody assumed that it was the Knicks who were going to make that big trade package offer to get Mitchell. And he's being outperformed by Jalen Brunson so far in this yeah. series. Like, is is that the biggest storyline? If the Knicks do go on to win, it's it's not oh, well, the Knicks screwed up by not getting Donovan Mitchell. It's Jalen Brunson is leading his team to a deeper playoff run than Donovan Mitchell is able to lead the Cavs, which I don't think really anybody saw coming. Yeah, Brunson has been special. And you're right, Matt. Um, I think if anybody, like like Will just said, if you're going into a series, you immediately are going to say that Donovan Mitchell is the best player on the floor, period. And it has not been the case. And Brunson has done it game after game after game. 
and they really have nothing for him. Uh, it's not like Garland is a great defender. You know, it's not what he does. And Brunson is just taking huge advantage of that. Uh, and it's not even like in pick and rolls. Like, it's just isolation. You know what I mean? Like, him just cross over, step back three, cross over to the bucket, half hook. Like, he's doing it in so many, in a myriad of ways. Like, he had five threes last game, you know? Like, he's doing it in so many ways to to this team that it's just, it's fun to watch. It, it really is just fun to sit back and watch just good basketball being executed like it's being right now. But, yeah, and that's the other thing, being out-executed, like like Will was saying uh, about his team. But, yeah, man, like, it's 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 revealed. Like, Okoro is having a tough series. <laughs> like, he's kind of getting just, exposed. Let him be. You know yeah, they're like. You got it. You know what I mean? They're like, you got it. Take care of that. You know, shoot the threes. Go ahead. It reminds you of like Keith Bogans, you know, and stuff like that. So they're like, go ahead, just shoot the three. And he's not coming through and he hasn't. He's not a three-point shooter. It's not what he does. It's where you kind of miss Kevin Love, you know, in those situations. But yeah, man, like just you just tip your cap to him, man. Like they're playing really, really well. And we'll see if it continues. I agree with you guys. I don't think it's over. Uh, I do think it'll go at least six games, if not seven. I think it'll go six at least. But I mean, the Knicks, man, they're playing. They're playing well, man. They're just a hot team right now. Wild. Uh, a little bit of breaking news: uh, that uh, Hawks-Celtics series is probably on its way to being wrapped up. Dejounte Murray just got suspended for Game Five for making yep. contact with an official. So, yep. that's takes the right. Hawks an even deeper hole. Um, elsewhere. I mean, is is Warriors Kings unquestionably the most entertaining first round series? They're tied at two after the Warriors has barely escaped with that game four win. Their former teammate Harrison Barnes missed a potential game winning three at the buzzer. Uh, Draymond coming off the bench uh, after serving his suspension in game three. I I, I would watch a best of fifteen version of this series, and I still don't know who's going to win it. Yeah, it's too bad we don't get that many games because you're absolutely right. This has been the best series of the first round. Um, the sort of Dylan Brooks drama of the Lakers is probably the only thing just entertainment wise that comes close, but like quality of basketball, I mean, this is like a, at least second round, if not conference finals caliber matchup in terms of the level of basketball that we're witnessing the way that each team is playing and just like the competitive nature of it. You've got like the, the big brother, little brother, Warriors, Kings aspect of it. You've got Deer and Fox. And now obviously this uh, finger injury is just absolutely brutal. I'm not sure exactly where he's going to be at in terms of playing. Um, certainly health-wise, he won't be there. It's his shooting hand, but not sure if he'll be able to get out there at all. But just a, a real gut punch because this series has been awesome. Um, I heard somebody say, I can't remember, so I'm just going to steal it and take credit anyway, but like, it seemed like both both of these teams feel like they could probably be up 3-1 just the way that like the final minute has gone, the way that the dream on ejection went um, and then, you know, not being able to close out that game, which they may have been able to do had Draymond, you know, not lost his mind. Um, and then the Steph, like Jaden Ivey slash Chris Weber calling a timeout, four-point swing when you're up five and then getting that stop for the final possession of the game. It's just been super high stakes basketball, super high level basketball. It's easily been my favorite series so far. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, it's, it's been so much fun to watch. Uh, from the Harrison Barnes missing the last shot 
to give you Warriors fans flashbacks as to why they got rid of Harrison Barnes kind of situation, um, which is kind of why I wanted him to hit it because I know what that would have meant to him if he hit that, you know, it, at the Chase Center. That would have been big for him, but he didn't. He missed. Um, it's why on Friday when we did the show with Marquette, shout out Marquette, and um, Matt, that I said that I thought it was more important that the Kings get this victory because the Warriors know how to play um, down 3-1 they know how to play, especially when it's 2-2. They know how to, you know, wrap around your neck like a snake and tighten it on you. You know what I mean? It's going to get tight. It's a three-game series right now. And the Kings haven't been in that situation. And now it magnifies even more, as you mentioned, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, um, De'Aaron Fox, excuse me, um, not being out there right now. Or I shouldn't say not being out there, but having the injury right now is going to really set some things back, man. It just makes you sad and upset because that dude has been special to watch. He was averaging almost 30 a game, man. Every possession that they need a big shot, it's been him. Every single time, coach player of the year, like he's been absolutely phenomenal and amazing. And yeah, it hurts a little bit because I wanted to see this go seven games. Um, still could possibly do that, but this is a must win uh, for the Kings right now. They they can't take this L with a guy, their best player, you know, dealing with the injury, even though I'm sure he's going to play personally. And second thing I want to say, I just want to say this quickly. This is what bothers me about Draymond Green. Because <laughs> Draymond Green... If you watch how he played, that is how you play. The way he goes out there all the time, flailing and yelling and fly, he don't have to do that to be effective. He can still be dope and play controlled. He played an excellent basketball game. His defense was on par. The steals he was getting, the tapaways, the tips for rebounds, where he was positioning himself. He was brilliant to watching him play that way. And you barely said a word about his name because he wasn't out there flopping and throwing his feet out at everybody. He don't have to play that way, man. He can play like you saw him playing in that game and be Draymond Green and still be a disruptor and still be effective, man. He was fun to watch uh, in that game, bro. He really was, man. And I just, yeah, that's that's me on the soapbox about Draymond. But yeah, I won seven games of this. I, I don't necessarily agree with that stance on Draymond. Um, I think tell you he don't. You saw point. how he played. You saw yeah. how he played. You saw it. Uh, gentlemen, we interrupt this playoff talk for some more breaking NBA news. The Houston Rockets have agreed to terms with Ime Udoka to become the mm -hmm. team's next head coach. Okey we were talking a little bit about the NBA coaching carousel um, on our show to end last week. We were thinking it's Nick Nurse heading to Houston and then maybe Udoka replacing him in Toronto. This mm. is a bit of a surprise. What do we what do we think about this hire? Go ahead, Will. Um, the whole Udoka like narrative from beginning of the year where obviously and I, I can't recall like all the minor details, but um, you know, inappropriate relationship in the workplace, um, suspended for the year. And, you know, rumblings about him going to the Nets after all the Kyrie and KD drama. And then, you know, finally basically getting out of his contract or being, um, you know, let go by the Celtics to move on to the Rockets. It's interesting. I wonder, like, how much of a, like, Udoka did a really good job building a program, building a system around the Celtics team that was obviously way more down the line in terms of talent and just competitive play and readiness to be, you know, a, a challenger in the East than the Rockets are going to be. 
obviously that goes without saying. Um, but I think he did a really good job of sort of like commanding the room and being the leader of men that, um, you know, I think a lot of teams want as their head coach. I think he's good at that, but it does feel a little weird with some of the unresolved uh, issues from the the saga earlier on this season. And we just don't really have a lot of details on that. So I get it from a basketball perspective. He did a really good job, but there's also the personal side that, that, you know, we're just, we can't be sure about. Yeah. Everything's kind of up in the air with that. You're right, Will. And so it's hard for me to, I guess, delve into that. I guess all I can do is talk about the actual coach as you just mentioned, like he's an incredible coach. Um, When he was up for the position with the bulls, it was who I was championing for when Matt and I were doing locked on. It's, it's who I wanted. I wanted him. Um, I thought he'd be a great fit. And the proof in the pudding with him is watching Boston right now. And just they're still a well-oiled machine um, with the assistant coach that was there last year. They're, they're a machine. They really are. And they look great. And, yeah, I think he he's a good hire coach-wise. You know, if we're talking just X's and O's and we're seeing on the floor and all that stuff, he's an excellent hire. He's a really excellent coach. And I think he'll be really good for a young team because I've seen him be good for a young team. And I don't think that will impede any kind of progress as far as the Rockets are concerned with what they're trying to build. Um, They must, I'm going to assume they know something uh, that we don't know. All he's done is serve his suspension and then, then he's out. I don't, I'm assuming they believe that there's nothing else coming down uh, from the league, but you never absolutely just never know. Like we were just saying, you don't know uh, what can happen in that sense, but, this is the move they made and to, and the pass on Nick nurse and to still, you know, take Udoka is also very telling uh, as far as um, Udoka and, and, and what he has uh, uh, in his future, I should say. So yeah, man, like it's a good coach wise. It's a good hire coaching wise. It's, it's a good hire. He can coach. Are you at all surprised that any of these, like it's only the first one more dominoes to fall, of course, but, if it's me and I'm on the coaching market and I'm Nick Nurse or Udoka or some of these like premier definitely going to get a job kind of coaches, mm-hmm. are you surprised that they're not waiting until after the lottery? I mean, where mm-hmm. Wimbenyama falls could be could completely change how, you know, each each team looks. Like what like the yeah. the Rockets were a disaster last year. We made fun of them after the Bulls beat them the <laughs> second time. Like you've got Shingun like pirouetting into the lane and throwing the ball <laughs> 10 feet out of bounds and you know Jay Sean Tate doing crazy things and nobody's mm-hmm. passing and like I think that's the kind of commanding leadership that that Rockets group needs and who knows what kind of moves they make they've got a bunch of young players uh will have a high pick but you know if I'm Udoka or Nick Nurse I'm, I'm kind of like well where is Wemby gonna go because I want to go coach that guy you know Will to honestly in Udoka's case I don't think he has that uh, that cushion, you know, to, to wait. I think whoever offers him the job, he had to take, you yeah, know what I mean? In the point. position that he's in. Um, but Nick Nurse, yeah. If I'm Nick Nurse, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm like, who got what? Because if he goes to Detroit, I mean, guess I'm I'm in there. You know what I'm saying? Immediately, I'm going to Detroit. So, so yeah, man, um, it's a little different uh, that we're seeing it this way, but it also makes it more fun because it's the NBA, man. Like, it's always something happening. Uh. Woj had a follow-up tweet with a little bit more context just now saying the Rockets and Udoka moved fairly quickly toward each other after their initial meeting. Udoka and GM Raphael Stone kept talking on the job. Both sides had strong opinions in the marketplace, but a deal got done in the last 24 hours to land Udoka with the Rockets. 
young talent, cap space, and a 14% chance at the number one overall pick were part of a strong case to lure Udoka. Um, so to you know, to your point, to to your positive question, Will, the the, the Raptors certainly don't have that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's not a done deal that the Rockets are getting that one pick and thus you know Wembenyama. But I I think if you feel like the partnership is right, the the professional relationship is what you're looking for. The the coach's uh, resume is what you're looking for. And and for Udoka, what what the Rockets were offering, regardless of what happens in the lottery, you know, maybe if it's like, well, you wait around, you lose an opportunity. So I, t- to me, it's like it makes perfect sense to not necessarily wait to see what happens with the lottery. If you if you are offered the job and you want the job, take the job. Like, yeah, that that makes sense. And I think you know something that you just said that stands out and kind of reminds me of what Billy has talked about over this year is the partnership aspect of it and working with the front office and developing a program that is, you know, I think probably one of the more important things that you need to be a successful organization is to have um, synergy from, you know, ownership to vice president of basketball operations to GM to head coach. And that's how you put a good system in place. The the Warriors and the Spurs are kind of the, um, you know, the ideal of that. And so to your point, I mean, ton of cap room. I think they might have the most cap room in the league and they can get even more if they um, cut Kevin Porter Jr. Who's on a non-guaranteed contract. They could bring in like multiple max contracts. They have a chance to get, you know, Scoot or Wemby or one of the Thompson twins. And they, they definitely are set up. And if you have a chance to be able to sort of lay the groundwork and build that program, I think that that can be a really attractive thing to coaches, even if, it's not like stepping into a win now situation. All right, let's uh, take our first break. We come back. I do want to get y'all's takes on the, the Dylan Brooks LeBron thing, and then we'll we'll cover that quickly, and then we'll get on to our Bulls rebuild talk. Uh, while we are doing that, if you're watching along on YouTube live or catching the replay, do us a favor, hit that thumbs up button if you haven't already. Helps us. Out. And of course, make sure you are subscribed to the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Big Dave, mm-hmm. they never understood, man. They just didn't get it. They had no clue. They tried and they tried. They thought about it. They pondered it. You know, they went to the library, studied it, all that. Still don't get it. Why do you have to pay so much money to look so damn good? Why do you have to pay so much money to get premium sunglasses put upon your sexy face? Why do you have to do this? Shady Rays is sick of that. Shady Rays said, we ain't doing that. We're going to give y'all those premium polarized shades at an affordable price the independent sunglass company that offers that world-class product that is just as good as any expensive pair that you have ever worn the durable frames the extremely clear optics for your outdoor and indoor adventures and that's not all shady rays has that plan you know it you love it it's the matt peck lost and broken replacement plan that means if that hat is gone and you toss that, and if he was really mad, the headset would be broke as well. If you're just angry about things, ah, broken, sad, mad, send that back to Shady Rays. They will send you a brand new pair. And also, if you don't like the pair of Shady Rays that you have, you can send it back for another brand new pair, a different pair, at no cost to you. Just do it within 30 days, and they got your back. There's no risk when you shop. And their team always has got your back. So 
exclusively for the listeners out there, Shady Rays is giving their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the promo code C-H-G-O. And that will give you 50% off of two plus pairs of polarized premium shades. So try for yourself and you can be part of the 250,000 people who have given it a five-star rating. Why? Because it's Shady Rays, where the Rays are oh so damn shady. Oh, they show so damn shady. <laughs> Today's episode of CHGO Bulls is also brought to you by our friends at ComEd. ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Comet offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. Comet also offers free facility assessment that can help find energy-saving opportunities, like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Now, Will, Dave, you're probably wondering, Mm -hmm. Matt, that sounds great, but how does it work? Literally. How does it work? Mm. (laughs) I'll tell you. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project cost, potential incentives, and simple payback plans. If you own a business, do not wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy-saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. One more time, that's comed.com slash poweringbiz. Schedule your appointment today. Do it now. Got my energy efficient right now, baby. What's up? <laughs> um, all right. Before we dive into depressing Bulls rebuild talk... Um, what did we make of the Dylan Brooks LeBron James thing? I usually love to throw at LeBron as I can for his over the top acting, his performances related to flopping, related to over exaggerated reactions to contact. This is where I come up a little short, though, on my okay. automatically assume LeBron is making mountains out of molehills. Even if it's just a tap, we all know. That if it's exactly in the right place, aka the wrong place, just a tap can send a man crumbling to the ground <laughs> as it happened to LeBron James. Do we think LeBron exaggerated? Do we think it was dirty and unforgivable bullshit from Dylan Brooks? Do you th- think he should have gotten to the top of the ejection, which he was not? What do we think, gentlemen? Uh, I do think it was acting, but I do think it was dirty. And I do think he should have been ejected. <laughs> like, all of that is true. Um, he definitely went for it, which was wild. I what, I don't know. It was wild. Like, to even make that move right there and make it look like you're going for the ball that's not even between his legs is, is crazy. Um, but LeBron, I mean, yeah, he... <laughs> he yeah, he he put on he put on a training day performance. So I must say, like he, he did his thing, man. Like he, he did his thing. Oh my god! Like he, he he went down. He went down, man. Um, but again, Dylan, it was a dirty play. It was plain old fashioned dirty, and he should have been ejected. And I wouldn't even mind him being suspended uh, for it, dog. Like seriously, like you just don't hit people there, you know. 
Like that's just not a thing to do. So yeah, it was dirty. It it sucked that it happened, and it really, I don't, I didn't like it because it just put even more damper on this series. Because like you said earlier, it's pretty much the most entertaining aspect uh, of the series is those two guys out there. I just want to see them, you know, Dylan Brooks being defended. I want to see Dylan Brooks hit threes and yelling at LeBron. See what LeBron comes back with when he does a reverse dunk. Like you're you're taking that away from me by just being silly. And I don't like that. So, yeah, man, like LeBron overacted, but he earned the right to overact on that one because it, it was a dirty play. I think it's all the above. And I think the Dylan Brooks just like heel turn is so weird. I, I feel like he's just like playing into it way more than he probably should. I mean, it's fine to like talk shit to LeBron. I, I don't have a problem with that. But like, don't then also go commit like dirty plays on him. I mean, th- this is like Grayson Allen. This is like, uh, you know, who I'm blanking on. Oh, Dr- Draymond just got suspended because of like, you know, past crimes. Like he was basically treated differently because he's ha- has a history of it. And I feel like Dylan Brooks at this point, you got to put him in the same category. Um, he can be a good player. He can also be a harmful player and shoot you out of games bad decision maker, but like clearly a great defensive player and the Grizzlies need him out there. But I, I think it's like gotten to the point where like the drama is just not worth it. And uh, I, I think to your point, Dave, it's all the above. It was like a bit of an acting job, a bit of a dirty play and a, just a bit of ridiculousness. It is an entertainment, you know, product the NBA is, and it's definitely been entertaining, but like, I don't know. With all these ejections and injuries, it's like, let's just play some basketball, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, Yeah, truly. I mean, it is interesting, the whole repeat offender element of Draymond, the league's uh, explanation of him getting suspended on top of the ejection, whereas Dylan Brooks is not suspended. But he took down Gary Payton last year and and injured him and took him out of the playoffs. Dylan Brooks already has that reputation and is building upon it as a repeat offender, but it's just like, well, his rap sheet isn't as long as Draymond's yet because he hasn't been in the league as long as Draymond has. But but I think he's also Go ahead. he's also like he's leaning into it in a way that I don't think Draymond definitely does. Like Draymond obviously like was yelling at the crowd and stuff. That's yeah. but I think that's different <laughs> than I think that's different than like saying, you know, I don't respect LeBron James. Like he's got to score 40 on me for, you know what I mean? It's just like you they're in the moment to like get hyped and kind of yell back at the crowd in that moment, I think is different than the way that Dylan Brooks is treating it. And like Dylan, the villain, like he's leaning into it. You know, the the Grizzlies are leaning into it. That's what they're calling him. Like it it just, it is what it is, but it's definitely a thing that I think is distracting a little bit. And look, the the Lakers are winning the series now. Like you got to just shut up and play. (laughs) I mean, like get, get your team like back in, in the, in the series here. Like he that. is in some ways just embracing that character and running with it. But then he also had that comment after their game three that was like, ah, oh, the media is just making me out to be this villain. Right. So I guess it was Correct. like, dude, have you watched yourself do these things and pull these right. Bush league stunts and all of these dirty plays? Like you're building that the media is yeah. not building that you're building that. It's like, don't you know, you're, you know, you on tape, you know, we can see you like, what can't <laughs> you know, we can see you. Like we we watching you, dog. We see what you're doing. Like we're not blind, bro. Like nobody's making you anything that you aren't showing yourself to be. It's you, Draymond, all of them. The Pistons, Pistons do that now, right? You know what I'm saying? Thomas and them do that all the time. 
oh man, I wasn't that tough. You 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 called the bad boys. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, come on, man. So yeah, no, Dylan Brooks is yeah. If he wants to be that guy, then be that guy. Is is all I'm saying. Uh, all right, shifting gears, let's talk some bulls. Um, our uh, our guy Will here wrote a great column. It's up now on allchgo.com, talking about the box that Bulls VP Arturis Konechovas has sort of <laughs> built himself in, uh, and the fact that there might not be but one best way out of said box. And I, as I was reading this, Will was nodding along and nodding along and also hating my life as a Bulls fan. Um, <laughs> you paint a pretty bleak picture. And Kinda correct did. me if I'm wrong, but the it's thesis to me was like, they, it is in their best interest to start over, not keep one or two of this big three, not bring everything back, but maybe tweak one thing here or there, not just add a three-point shooter to the roster this offseason on a mid-level exception. They need to tear it down. Is that basically what you were going for? Yeah, I think if you zoom out, though, like that's that's my, like you said, thesis on it. But I think if you zoom out and you look at what the options are, it's basically run it back because the most you're going to be able to do with the idea of like keeping the core together is just bring everybody back. And you've got to get guys to sign for the right numbers. And maybe there's a little bit of wiggle room to use like, you know, a couple million dollars in the mid-level or biannual exceptions to bring in a shooter. But I mean, you're pretty much touching the luxury tax just by bringing back Vooch, Kobe, and Io. And obviously, AK said it, we all know it. Like this team needs a talent infusion and needs a point guard. It needs a lot of three-point shooting. And that's that's just kind of what it is. Like they do need a lot of help. So you can do that way. Or you can say, look, given the cap realities here given the fact that the bulls don't have a draft pick um and have an another pick in 2025 that's outgoing and given the situation with free agents including vooch this year and derozan next year you could opt to move one of levine and derozan and break up that duo while still trying to remain competitive if you bring back derozan maybe you extend him and you try to add some more shooting around him if you trade derozan then, you know, you try to bring in a point guard and another three and D wing to put around Levine. But I think in both of those scenarios, you run into the same issue, which is the talent level just is not high enough to be able to compete beyond really where they are right now. And if you're telling me that, like, you removed DeRozan from this team, that they're going to be more competitive, I just don't know if I buy that. And I think the same is true for Levine. If you remove Zach Levine and you build around DeRozan, you're much older, and now you're telling me that they're going to be more competitive than they were last year. So to me, there is one true way out of this, and I think all roads lead this way eventually. You've got one year left on DeRozan, who's going to be 34. In his age 34 season, you've got Vooch, who if you do want to extend him, it's got to be at a team-friendly number because he's going to be entering his age 33 season. Um, and I, I think that you know, at the end of the day, these guys are not going to play forever. You are in a really tough spot, like I said, financially, cap-wise, talent-wise, and draft pick-wise, that what seems to me the most prudent way to move forward is to cash in on your trips. Because I think you could get a ton for Zach Levine right now. He's playing absolutely insane all-NBA caliber basketball. He is locked up for four years. 
that's the kind of guy that teams shell out for. You've got DeRozan, who you could probably get a young player, some cap filler, and a pick for. Um, and if you can get something out of Vooch or Caruso, that's fine too. But to me, all, all roads eventually lead to um, basically like DeRozan and Vooch not being there anymore because they're just not going to play until they're late 30s. So it's how do you get ahead of that? How do you acquire assets to be able to build a more sustainable future? Because right now the future does look as bleak as I painted it out to be. <laughs> oh, man. Um, where do I start? It's a lot. Um, I guess I'll start with the DeRozan and Zach blowing it up uh, aspect of it. Um, I found that part interesting uh, because I'm first of all I'm for trading either one. Uh, I was with it at the deadline when when that uh, uh, Knicks trade that we thought was rumored Knicks trade that came up uh, the hypothetical one, and I was like, oh yeah, make that trade, sure, yes, do that, get it out now. Um, and of course, it makes all the sense in the world to me to trade DeMar DeRozan for everything you just stated uh, there, Will, especially like if you let Zach go, you're not building around a 34-year-old DeMar DeRozan who, even though being an all-star and, and still be one of the most clutch players in the league last year, um, you saw you saw a little difference in his game. You know what I mean? Just a little difference, you know, of, is it, you know what I mean? Is it, is it that time? I don't know. You know, just a little difference. But who knows? He could pick that back up. And even even if it was just the the quad injury, I mean, that speaks volumes too. Like he's not yeah. going to be playing 75, 80 games yeah. a year. Like that's His just durability. not what yeah. happens when you're 35 years old. Correct. Correct. Unless you're an insane person like LeBron or something. Yeah. But I completely agree. Um, one of those guys I'm, I'm okay with losing. I do think you can still be competitive with one of them though. Um, and the one I'm thinking of is Zach Levine. And the only reason I think that is if you trade – what you could get back. I know we were talking to our guy, uh, Matt's guy, our guy Bulldog, and the trade, I, I like the idea that he presented of, dude, getting rid of DeMar and bringing in a guy like Cam Johnson if the Bulls can get him on a four-year, $90 million deal because it doesn't look like he's going to be staying with the Nets because the Nets have stated they don't want to pay the tax because they're going to get penalized because they've done it so many times, go over the tax, and they don't want to do that again this year. And Cam, you know, is going to want to check period point blank and he should get his check um and he only signed what one offer sheet if i'm not mistaken um but yeah doing that for him and getting a guy like cam johnson and maybe something extra with that i like that idea of it in a lineup of kobe zach uh pat cam and vooch is intriguing to me i like that lineup i really do um so that for me that's competitive that that can be a, a competitive lineup uh the other thing that I, I don't like the narrative of, of being as AK being the one not with the rebuild. Billy Donovan's not with that shit neither. And I think that has to be stated. He ain't with no kind of rebuild in any way, shape, or form at all. He's not, he hasn't been brought in here to be a rebuild coach. He, he wouldn't have came out of retirement if you told him he were going to be a rebuild coach. He would still be in Florida chilling. So he has a say-so in this as well. And he don't want to rebuild. And I don't think he's the coach for a rebuild and do things like that. He's He wants to win and he wants to win now. So whatever moves they make, they're going to be moves to try to win now. It won't be something to start over. That's why I don't think a rebuild is going to work um, for this team because the people running it, including AK, obviously, including Eversley, aren't for any of that, including your head coach. Nobody is for that. We had to yell, I, I have to yell and just to try to play a young guy 
just to try to get him out there and, and let me get some Daylon Terry minutes one time in my life. So, and the other thing for me, and maybe I just think a little too highly of the young talent. I think Daylon Terry is going to be that dude personally. Um, I like Justin Lewis a lot. I know you do too, Will. Uh, I like Justin Lewis a lot. And of course I like Patrick Williams and, and his growth. And of course I like Kobe White. Um, so I'm, I'm down to see what those guys can become and what they can accomplish. And maybe I just have flashbacks of the last time the Bulls went to a rebuild. Obviously it's a different regime and a different thing, but I remember that shit. Like it was yesterday, dog. And I don't, it was yesterday parts of that, bro. You know what I mean? Not that, no, not that rebuild, sir. I'm talking about that rebuild when there's two Samson's out there on the lemon on the floor. You know what I mean? I'm talking Archie at the three. And Shaq at the four. You know what I mean? I'm talking. That's the rebuild I'm talking about. I'm talking about Denzel Valentine. I'm talking, and I remember all of that shit. And even getting those young guys that they had, our Bulls Nation didn't believe in them neither. Like the Bulls Nation didn't believe in Lowry. They didn't like Wendell. They they didn't, after Kobe's first year, they did damn sure didn't like him. And they had every right to not like Denzel Valentine. You know what I mean? So, but they. Yeah, I don't. I'm not with it, a rebuild. I'm not with going through that again because I've seen it. And you're right; it could work differently. And you laid it out very nicely how it could work differently. You know, this time for this team. And logically, everything you're saying makes sense. But we haven't seen that kind of logic from the Bulls this year. You know what I'm saying? So they're all their mindset is on retooling and not rebuilding. And that's why I can't. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not with it, bro. I'm just. I'm not so with the rebuild. One one thing before I let. Matt chime in. Um, and I want to, I want to get to why it could be different. Maybe we can say that yeah. for the third segment, but for me, like you mentioned a couple of times, Billy's not going to be up for it. AK is not going to be up for it. Ownership's not going to be up for it. And I think that's kind of the argument that I'm making is I know they're not going to be up for it, but regardless of what they want, this is the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so I think they need to basically consider it as a real possibility, even though they don't want to do it because I think it's the best thing that they can and should do for themselves. Um, I did not say, I think it's likely. In fact, I agree that it's probably not going to happen, but I think that uh, that's just going to lead us sort of on this same path where you're just spinning your, your tires between, you know, the 10th seed and, you know, maybe you get up to the sixth or seventh seed. Like, I think that's kind of where this group is going to live with their current construction. And I, I like the idea of Cam Johnson too. I think you could probably, um, you know, just by having that kind of a floor spacer reuniting him with his college teammate, Kobe obviously would be fun, but I just think like the ceiling of that group is not as high. And maybe, maybe you are able to like maximize and play above the sum of your parts. But to me, I don't see an Avenue, especially with Lonzo and his situation. Basically you have to be prepared for him to not play. So you've got $20 million in dead cap on your, on your cap. You're over the salary cap, which means you can't go out and sign free agents. Like that's just the reality of it. And I think if you're not entertaining the concept of a total rebuild, then you're doing your job wrong. Hmm. That's fair. Um, let's take our second break here. We'll come back, keep talking about this. And uh, I know our producer, Steven said that somebody had a super chat asking about, you know, comparing a hypothetical rebuild now to looking back to the last time the Bulls did this, which like you said, Will, feels like just yesterday. Um, <laughs> while we're doing that, hit that thumbs up button. Also, if you haven't yet, make sure you got your tickets for the CHGO Bears Watch Party for the sure. NFL Draft coming up later this week. It is draft week. Also, 
Bye, Aaron Rodgers. Fuck off forever. <laughs> what a glorious, glorious day. You can make it even more glorious by winning some money on DraftKings Sportsbook betting NBA action tonight. <laughs> it's NBA playoff time. That means big hoops with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, of course, you got those no-sweat same-game parlays. We got two NBA playoff games tonight. Make a parlay for both. And if it doesn't hit, no worries, because you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. So download that DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Get your same-game parlays in for tonight's NBA playoff action. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get uh, that incredible offer of $5 down pregame on a money line bet for $150 free bets. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpma.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible <laughs> gambling resources. Yes. There are three places, ladies and gentlemen, where you can get some of the coolest and most awesome sports gear around. Obviously, you can get it here from CHGO, the CHGO Bulls podcast, that amazing gear. Look at what Matt's got on right there. Yes, you can also go to ballsports.com and get one of them hoodies that Will has on right there, that amazing ball hoodie that you see. In your face. You have yourself on there in your face. But the third place you can go for sure is FOCO. And get fitted in the best sports gear around them hoodies, the shoes, the signs, the bobbleheads, and everything in betwixt. Oh, it's spring, y'all. And it's baseball season. That means those Aloha shirts, those straw hats, those polos, those bags. And if you're a Sox fan like me, those tears. So you'll they'll have something to wipe them away because everything you're going to need that for the game. Shout out to the Cubs getting off to an awesome start. They also got this cool set decorations that they hooked us up with. Donated a few awesome pieces that are on our set. Thank you, FOCO, for that. So show them some love for that, y'all. And check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-pre-sale items. Use the promo code, you know it, C-H-G-O, and get yourself 10% off because it's FOCO. For sure. Mm, just seeing how long I can hold that. <laughs> uh, Steven, can we take a look at that uh, super chat you said that we had about the Bulls' rebuild? Uh, football CF Candy saying, Will, what was the last successful rebuild without a pre-acquired star? OKC with SGA, uh, Phoenix with uh, Devin Booker, Raptors with Pascal Siakam, could we find that by trading Zach Levine? What do you think, Will? So I think you can point to probably the, the 76ers, the process years, which I think really kick-started this whole idea of tanking and rebuilding through the draft. Um, obviously, it didn't really work out the way that they would have hoped with Ben Simmons and Fultz, but you get a Joel Embiid, you are in the playoffs perennially, and it allows those picks and those players allow you to then go out and make trades like James Harden. Um, or Jimmy Butler, or you know whatever it is. So I think that's kind of like the um, 
the original plan you can look at the the roadmap or the blueprint you can look at but to your point with OKC and Phoenix and the Raptors and teams like this who you know you could even throw like the Grizzlies in there when they were fading out of the Tony Allen Mike Conley Marcus all years they did a quick two-year rebuild and got Jaron Jackson and John Morant and then all of a sudden you know they're back and they get uh, Desmond Bain at the end of the first round and you have recovered um, and I think that's that's really the point that I want to drive home here is I think that the Bulls handled their rebuild, trading Jimmy Butler. Um, I thought they did not get enough value, and I thought they handled it really poorly in the sense that they did not give themselves enough of a chance to acquire more talent or more draft capital. And what I mean is this. The Bulls traded Jimmy Butler for... Uh, a pick swap, basically. They they gave up 16 and got seven, which turned into Markinen. And then obviously you get uh Levine and Chris Dunn. Um Levine obviously has hit in like the most in the best possible outcome. Um, so you, you get a ton for him. Chris Dunn did not work out. Lowry didn't really work out with you, and then ultimately, you know, has found a place in the league. This is gonna be MIP probably tonight when they announce it in about an hour here. Um but that was pretty much it. I mean, they traded Nikola Miritich for a pick that became Chandler Hutchison, oh. but you didn't really give yourself any chances to like acquire talent. And I think part of that is because they didn't have any talent to trade away for draft picks. So if, if the bulls were to have traded, like if that trade happened today and the bulls traded Jimmy Butler for a pixler for a picks Chris done, I mean, that would be like the steal of the century. You're looking at guys like DeJounte Murray, who's getting traded for three first round picks. Donovan Mitchell for Sexton and Markinen and three first round picks. Gobert for five first round picks. Like you can set yourself up for the future in a way that the Bulls just never could back in the Jimmy Butler trade era. And part of that is because I don't think they got enough for him. And part of that is because the marketplace for stars has not, it wasn't where it is now. And so that's, that's why I think the Bulls are actually in an okay spot here if they decide to go that direction is because they have talent on their team, because Zach is really good, because Caruso is really good, because DeMar has outperformed his contract and, and had this renaissance in his career. You can get a lot for these guys. And we're not just talking about like a pick swap and a young player. It's like three or four years of draft picks and a young player and salary. Like it's stuff that you can actually build with. And I don't think the Bulls got that the first time. And that's why the rebuild was so painful. That's why you're watching you know, Denzel Valentine and Shaq Harrison and RG Diacono and all these guys is because they couldn't acquire talent. And I think if you trade away your stars from a position of power, a lot is going to happen here in the playoffs. There's going to be a lot of movement this summer and teams are going to pay for a star player like Zach. Um, I, I think they can get a ton for him and I think they can really set themselves up for the future. I don't like want to trade Zach away. Like it'd be great if the bulls could find a way to win with Zach. But I think the point is I don't really see that happening. And so I think this is, this is your best chance to be able to do that. And I think in today's marketplace with the way that stars are being shipped around for draft picks and young players, like if they could get a Paul George type package where you get a Shea Gilgis, Shea Gilgis Alexander player, who's, you know, in his second season had a, had a pretty solid rookie year, had some moments in the playoffs, but then like turns into a star. Like that's what you're hoping for. And then they also got four picks and four swaps. 
And that totally changes the outlook. And so when you can do that with Zach and Damar and Caruso, um, you, you could just really set yourselves up well. And I think that's where, to me, like this idea that, you know, a rebuild would be too painful to sit through. I don't think it has to be that way. You can get young talent who's exciting and plays well now and get more than what you've given up in draft picks and really set yourself up. I just don't see a better way to accumulate that kind of assets. I, can, I wanted to ask Will a question. Um, when you when you say when you say blow it up, are we are we talking everybody on the roster, including the young guys, or are you still trying to keep a couple of those young guys and just build with them along with the talent you'll acquire in these trades? So I think the big thing here is value. It's thinking about this in terms of maximizing the return that you can get on your assets. So for me, if you were gonna trade away Zach and Demar presumably you'd be doing that to get younger. And at that point, I think it makes sense to keep a Patrick Williams, Dalen Terry, IO, even Kobe around and see how they can develop when they're given more of the reins. Um, now, if those guys were, you know, already star caliber players on their rookie contract and you could get, you know, a bunch for them, I guess you have to consider that. But at that point you're sitting on house money with a great young player who's making a reasonable salary. So to me, this is all about acquiring young players. It's about um, accumulating assets and putting your young talent in a position to grow and develop together. So to me, keeping the young guys together and just giving them more runway and putting more talent and shooting and potential around them is really the goal. I think that's the harsh reality that maybe some fans don't want to face. And I put myself in that category. I, I don't like facing this reality. But your point about the fact that Zach Levine far and away would yield the most value in a you know return in a trade if the Bulls were to shake things up compared to an aging DeMar with only one year left on his contract or trying to get something in a sign-and-trade for Vooch or even what you might get for Alex Caruso on the trade market. Zach is the piece the Bulls have that could yield a multiple first-round picks and or young talent in such a trade and if you're gonna face it and do that then you might as well you know not blow everything up to your question dave about like also the young guys but if you trade zach you're also trading tomorrow and, and trying to get some for vooch as he's on his way out too because it doesn't really it, at least from where i'm looking make sense to trade zach and then That's still true. try to tinker and keep things around as far as the other vets to make this work because mm -hmm. if you're trading Zach, then you're fully pivoting and focusing on young talent and trying again with a completely new group. And I think the other, the other piece here is um, not just in terms of like the quality of players, but I think the time it takes to pull off that kind of rebuild. If you are trading from a position of having multiple guys that you can get assets for, like, obviously I think that they missed an opportunity to, head towards the bottom at the trade deadline, uh, trade Vooch for whatever you could get, and probably DeMar too, because you get two playoff runs out of him now instead of you know just one year. Um, I think they missed that opportunity, but you still have a chance to get a lot right away from you know Caruso, I think, could get you at least one first-round pick and a, and a good player, maybe two first-round picks. Zach, I think you're looking at three picks, maybe a swap and, and some good young talent. Like if you're already putting a bunch of young talent on the court together, because the bulls already have a couple of guys, 
this rebuild doesn't need to take four or five years. It could be, you know, one or two where you're not playing at a super high level and then guys start to really put it together and you've got some young talent and then future draft picks to help, you know, constantly supplement the roster with cheap and young talent. I think that's kind of the way to do it. Um, a lot of that depends on who they draft and what kind of players they get and how they're able to develop. Um, and so you need to invest those resources appropriately. But I think that's kind of how how you need to do it at this point because like as much like I said, I don't I don't want to like just get rid of Zach because I don't like him or I don't think he's a good player. Same for Damar. Like he's been amazing. And the way that he um, has been a leader and a mentor for the young guys, I think is super valuable. But I think that the the outcome of this group, the ceiling of this group, what we think we're going to get out of a Vooch Demarzak team is what we've seen. And so do you want to try to be more competitive than that? Or do you want to try to scrape your way, you know, into the playoffs through the play-in every year for two or three more years before DeRozan gets old enough and, um, you know, his game starts to decline enough to where, yeah, you had a couple of good years, but ultimately there wasn't a ton to show for it. And now because he's older, you can't really trade him for anything. And so now you've, you've really got to start from square one. I think this path of trading those guys allows you to get in front of it in a way that sets you up well to where you can have a quick rebuild as opposed to waiting for all the assets to, you know, what they did last time, which was, you know, D Wade and Rondo, uh, turned into nothing. Jimmy turned into a pick swap and a couple of young guys. Like, I just think that they could do a lot better now in a way that not only like recovers from the expensive trades that they made a couple years ago when they started this thing, but also sets them up to be able to compete quickly while also, you know, setting themselves up for the future. Mm -hmm. Well, do you think they'll ever go back go into the tax this season? Do you think there's any possibility that they go into the tax? I mean, if, if you were Jerry Reinsdorf, would you want to go into a tax for a 40 win team? Like I just, I, I, I get it. Jerry and, and Michael Reinsdorf should get some blame here. Like they have not really put, um, they haven't like, first of all, I'll say like, we don't really know what those conversations are like with AK and his ownership group. We don't know what, kind of um, parameters that they're given. But it seems to me, and it seems from the outside, given their history and given the way that they talk about operating, that like those are the confines of, you need to figure out a way to get into the playoffs without going into the tax. And we'll, we'll pay for a contender. Uh, we'll pay into the tax if you get a contender. But like it's pretty difficult to get a contender without going to the tax. And it's even harder when you're over the cap and a $20 million player isn't able to contribute whatsoever. So I don't see a compelling reason if you're Jerry and Michael Reinsdorf where AK says we need to go in the tax. I don't see a compelling reason why they would say, yeah, all right, let's spend up here because we really got something because they don't, they just don't. And I think that's the the reality that team needs to face. And, and sadly, I think the other end of that seesaw is if AK did face the music and came to, his senses or came to the conclusion that it is actually in their best interest to get what they can get for Zach Levine and also DeMar and Vooch and Garusa, whatever, keep some of these young guys, but give up on this older core of players that fell short of making the playoffs this year. If AK comes to that decision, I think it's just as hard to convince ownership 
that what yeah. they need to do is steer towards a rebuild, even if they say, but it doesn't have to be as long and gruesome and painfully awful as the one we just got out of. Well, I don't, it, I don't see ownership like giving that the green light. I really don't. Yeah. And, and that could be the case. Um, but that's, I think why, if you're AK, you need to be fielding offers because it's hard to convince them ownership to undertake a rebuild. If you don't really know what you're getting yourself into. But if you got an offer from the Knicks on the table with quickly and Grimes and Isaiah Hardenstein or Mitchell Robinson and four first round picks, and you say, Michael, look what I got here. This is on the table, like Zach Levine for two or three really good young players and a, a haul of draft picks. Like this could really set us up. We already got five good young players. Now we're going to supplement that with, with draft picks and really kickstart this thing. That's a more compelling argument than, well, you know, we, we won 40 games, but we almost made the playoffs. And, you know, if we had gotten in and Giannis got injured, maybe we would have won a couple of games in the first round. Like, I think that's a more compelling argument, at least to me, than, yeah, please, let's go into the tax. Let's spend the $11 million on, you know, a, a mid-level player who's not going to really contribute, but could be helpful at times. But let's go into the tax for that so that hopefully we can win 42 or 44 games instead of 40. Hmm. <sighs> Mostly this stresses me. That's what that, that that's really what's I'm shocked. going on here. Usually so upbeat uh, when it comes to this. <laughs> read uh read Will's column up on allchu.com right now to get all the nooks and crannies of what we're talking about here on this show today. Um give uh give us a follow on the Twitter machine. Big Dave is at Bow BWL Sports. Bow. Will Will underscore yes. Gottlieb. Bulls underscore peck is my handle. We are CHO underscore bulls. We will be back in studio tomorrow afternoon, Tuesday, four o'clock Chicago time for more off season talk. Everybody get your bets in on DraftKings Sportsbook. Enjoy NBA playoff action as it rolls along tonight. And we will talk to you tomorrow for our producer, Steven, big Dave, will I'm hey. peck. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. See red be good. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you.